0: Good morning from Chili, Philly. Derek Sharp here with Bulls Beat. It's the women's basketball team going up against the Temple Owls. As we're recording this, it's in the upper 20s. So obviously we do the show inside anyway, but I ain't going outside. We'll be indoors at McGonagall Hall tonight. We'll be on Bulls Unlimited 2 with the men's basketball team on Bulls Unlimited going up against Cincinnati from the Yingling Center. So we'll have both our channels live and in action on Wednesday night. We'll preview both of those games for you in our next segment. In this segment, a lot of golf and a little softball. In fact, it was a great day on Tuesday for both the men's and women's golf teams, with the women coming in fourth place, and we're talking about at a very impressive field, the FAU Paradise Invitational. We said yesterday that they could have hoped for as high as fourth, considering how far ahead the top three teams all SEC teams were, and well... It wasn't heading that direction until the end of the round, and they poured it on and emerged with an outstanding showing. The men, meanwhile, were playing in Winter Garden and were not playing officially as a team because, well, they only had four players, so they were all individuals. If they were playing as a team, they would have won this thing in a landslide as it was. Well, just wait until we tell you what they did coming up in a few minutes. I'll also, have some audio from Ken Erickson here shortly. As yet, yeah, tomorrow, speaking of live sporting events, we'll have the opener for softball going up against Illinois State. wanted you to hear more of Ken Erickson as well. So we'll have that, and then, again, basketball in our next segment. We also have conference stuff at the end of the hour with Around the American. There's been a couple of busy days in basketball and other sports to tell you about as well. It's all starting to come together with golf and tennis seasons swinging away, and, of course, softball about to start, and then next week it is baseball. But golf, man, oh, man. What a performance. We said that the Bulls entered this event, the first event of the spring, as the sixth best team in the field, Florida Gators, the only top ten team and usf 86 well their computer rankings probably going to go up after what happened now again on monday the plan was for 36 holes they almost finished the second round it did get completed early tuesday morning at the end of the second round the bulls were frankly not in good shape they shot a three over par in the end for that round and they were in seventh place now they were within shouting distance of that fourth place mark but they were going to have to turn it around in fact. After the second round, it was Florida, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt, all exactly 18 under par. Then it was a 10-shot drop-off to Missouri at 4th place, 8 under par. Three more back to UNF. UTSA was 4 under in 6th place, and the Bulls were 2 out of 6th in 7th place. Bulls top golfer Melanie Green, who started on the 5th hole, everyone started on different holes in the front 9, ended with 2. The one under par was still the Bulls' best score. Ashley Zagers ended up even par for that round. Leo Medeiros birdied the par three second hole and ended on the fifth with a one over. And actually, Juliana Camargo, another freshman, along with Medeiros, was the fourth score in the round at three over par because Morgan Baxendale had a rough round with five bogeys. Well, Baxendale turned it around, and so did the entire team from just having Having one golfer under par in the second round, and again, that was Green going one under and bogeying her last two holes. The Bulls had Morgan Baxendale go from a five over round, no birdies, five bogeys, to five under 67 with no bogeys and five birdies. She actually got it going on the 12th hole. She started on the fifth. She would Starting on the 12th hole, get those five birdies in a span of eight holes. So she really got the bulls going, as did Leo Medeiros. She officially led the charge because she was coming off rounds of even par and one over par. And she was even going into her 13th hole. She started on the 6th. Again, she had gone even and one over in her first two rounds, and she was even in this round. She had just bogeyed the 16th. But she birdied the 18th, made the quote-unquote turn, and then birdied the first, second, and third holes, a four-hole birdie run that got the Bulls within range of Missouri, and then Melanie Green herself got the Bulls ahead. As the Tigers would falter down the end of their round, they shot one over in the final round. The Bulls tied a school record, nine under par, 279. Green birdied the first and the third holes, and then she wrapped it up on the fourth hole with a par. Even par for the round, but those two birdies pushed the Bulls into fourth place. So it was Baxendale, a 5-under final round, Madero a 4-under, Green, an even par, and steady Ashley Zagers, another even par 72. As a matter of fact, she shot a 72 all three rounds. So it was Juliana Camargo, and this is why you have team golf, right? Her score counted just once out of the three rounds, but it was just enough to set the Bulls up where they could at least try and make a run, and that they did. Now, again, they were 12 shots behind Mississippi State, but in an event where you've got all these SEC teams and some other strong programs, UTSA is a top 100 program as well. The Bulls finished ahead of them to finish at 11-under par with a 9-under final round. That's getting it done. In fact, their 9-under final round was only bested by the Gators, who won the event, 29-under par. Then it was Vanderbilt, 26-under. Mississippi State 23, USF 11, three shots ahead of Missouri. North Florida finished another shot behind the Tigers, and those are the only six teams that ended up under par for the event. Again, the Bulls were 11 under par overall. Green, the top score in three rounds with a combined five under par that had her tied for 10th. Maderos ended up tied for 15th with a three under par total, and again, four under under final round. Baxendale shot up 29 spots on the leaderboard with that 5-under final round, and it got her 1-under, tied for 21st. Ashley Zagers, even, 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 had a tied for 26th final number to it. We'll talk to Eric or Brandon, we'll probably talk to some of these golfers next week when I can get back home and settled in. Yeah, we'll be back home tomorrow, but remember, I'll be getting ready for the softball opening broadcast tomorrow night. We'll also have baseball media day tomorrow, so it's going to be busy, but I haven't forgotten about the golf teams, obviously. They are just starting off their spring schedule and doing a great job with it. Now, the men start off their spring schedule officially this weekend, however, They competed with four individuals at an event in Winter Garden, and that was a 54 hole event, and that ended up pretty well for the Bulls. Technically, this was not on the Bulls' schedule, and I was able to talk to head coach Steve Bradley off the air. Appreciate him calling me on Wednesday morning to clarify. Basically, you're only allowed to compete as a team and certain individuals in so many events, fall and spring. So if their top two players, Alvin Bergstrom and Luke Gifford, played in this event, they'd have to sit out another. So basically, this was a chance for some guys that didn't compete that often in the fall as freshmen to get out there on the course and they're pretty good. If their four golfers had actually counted as a team, the Bulls would have won this event by 24 shots because they had the top four individuals in the event. Chase Gullickson, a freshman out of Orlando, got in some action in the fall, shot a five under par first round, 67, followed that up with two 69s for an 11 under par, 205. Then another freshman who is, I think, going to be a fine golfer as well, Shubham Jaglon two shots behind. He shot three straight 69s, 300 pars for a 900 total. Then the more experienced guys came in with Sam Nicholson going 600 par. And frankly, he did not have the best fall. So this was a pretty good deal for him. And then Luke Breuer at 500 par. Nolan Crowley of Siena, which as an official team won the event, was in fifth place at 400. But the top four actual scores were all bulls. So Siena won the event at 7 under par, was the only team under par. In fact, it went down to Bucknell at 19 over. And honestly, that's another reason why the Bulls did not enter this officially as a team, because they're ranked 25th in the country, and it was kind of a weaker field, so... You'd have to win by 80, basically, for it to even boost your computer ranking. So the Bulls are in a good enough position where they can pick more prestigious events, and that's where they're playing in Gainesville this weekend. The Bulls, actually, those four golfers, were 33 under par. And again, they officially begin their season this weekend, but without their top two golfers, they're not a bad team, it turns out. Heard a little bit from Ken Erickson last week. Here's a little bit more from the softball coach, because, yes, Georgina Cork is going to get the lion's share of innings, But we pick up a conversation. You'll also hear the voice of Ryan Urquhart, who will be calling softball for ESPN Plus, and we'll steal him for Bulls Unlimited for a few games. But a few minutes here of the head coach of the softball team about some other performers, and I wanted to ask who's going to be in center field because Anna Marie Bruni is no longer on the team. Some good intel on the squad that starts off its season tomorrow here. Okay, let's talk about some of the other people behind George, you mentioned Susie Allstaff, you brought in some experience though, right?
1: Yeah, Erin Pepping came in from East Carolina, what a competitor, you know, and, and a real big part of our chemistry, you know, she's she's kind of a glue factor in respect of, you know, she's been someplace else, right, and so all of a sudden she's down here for a month and she's like, wow, you know, do you guys realize how good you have it, and I'm not just talking about the coaching staff, we're talking about the school itself, the area. You know, the competition, the stadium you play in, uh, the expectations to win, you know, are different here than they are some other places. So, you know, Erin's been kind of a glue factor there. And then you've got a, a big horse coming in from Purdue in Antoinette Hill, who I think is going to surprise a lot of people. You know, she's got four years of eligibility and came in here in the fall and did a phenomenal job. And then you also have Cameron Dolby, who is now fully healthy. Okay, and Dolby, people didn't realize that Dolby last year was a comeback from a surgery year. And so she did well. But she wasn't full strength, but now she is. So you've got uh, you've got three really strong ones behind Georgina right now. But you also have a, a Lexi Kopko, a Maddie Gardner, a Peyton Dixon. You've got some other people along the way that continue to player develop. So we're very fortunate in the fact that we have you know some experience and four people, but you also have player developed people coming in, and they're going to spot relief in a lot of positions.
0: Among this uh, freshman group, has anybody really made a big impact? Stood out to you?
1: Yeah, to the catching position. You've you've got Emma Humplick back there and and Lydia Castro from Tampa here. And uh, both of those guys right now, it's like we're trying to find out where do you put them? You know, there's a DP spot open, but Vivian Pond's swinging the bat real well. Emma's an athlete, she can play outfield. Lydia's learning how to play first, and then Maddie Epperson's playing well. So good problem to have, you know, and uh, our initial roster in August was 31, yeah. but with some injuries and now obviously with COVID, you've got to be able to mix and match some pieces. And, and so every day, just I take a look at the injured reserve list of who's on it, and who's not, and that's how we run our practices, right? right. So uh, you yeah. might see today at practice, Emma playing shortstop. I don't, because you don't know what's going to happen next right. week, right? So everybody's got to learn every position and they have, and they've bought into that. Uh, so this is a pretty special group right now. By
0: habit, I can understand if you start to write BR next to the center field position. Do we know who's going to be out there <laughs> this year?
1: Anna Brune did an incredible job in center field the last three years for us, right? But she really came from a very um, unmolded type of player to really doing that kind of thing. Right now, you have a young lady in Jordan Cadillac who's that type of athlete who has really taken to that position and... Uh, you know, so I, I think she's gonna be one that's out there starting for us. Um, the nice part is you got Megan Sheehan coming back now from her injuries, so you know, she's gonna be in the lineup and then um, actually Alexis Johns who probably has been our MVP outside of Georgina in the last couple of years, you know, and or last year specifically, right. but wow, she's really matured and she's got another year. She's probably the most underrated player that we have that everybody's like, Wow, did you just see what Alexis Johnson said, and she always gives you the quiet four for four, the quiet three for three with three stolen bases and makes a great play. And, you know, she's about this tall, you know, and so there's not an ounce of fat on this young lady, and she's just a really, really great fast-pitch ball player. You know, she's one of those kids that when she was probably younger, you know, wiping her nose and getting right back in the mix of things. But that's the type of player is she and how she goes, that's how our offense goes.
0: Definitely some key pieces to replace on offense, but as you heard, a lot of newcomers that we can look forward to. I know Emma Humplick was made famous for her video where she was cranking out home runs at a batting practice session in her home state of Texas. That's a pretty exciting offensive piece, and all the pieces will come together on the field tomorrow, and again, we'll have that broadcast for you at 5.30 now. We will do a preview kind of right before that on the channel, kind of a mini version of Bulls Beat with more of Coach Erickson, Georgina Corrick as well because there's not going to be a bulls beat tomorrow morning we're going to be getting back at around 1:30 in the morning and instead of just doing a show where i have a lot of highlights and spend a couple hours cutting up highlights of men and women's basketball games from tonight we'll just replay those for you tomorrow morning on the channels and be back on the air live at 5 30 or so oh yeah tomorrow's also baseball media day so it's gonna be a busy day but that's how we like it coming up next speaking of basketball games that we're going to be replaying we're going to preview them for you tonight's double barreled action stay tuned this is bulls beat